All right, so we're looking at the kingdoms in contrast. Everyone say the kingdom. kingdom. All right, and so as we were worshiping, I got this analogy, and it's a good analogy. I've had so many jobs. Does anyone in here have a job? Raise your hand. Jeremiah, you got a job? All right, well, focus up, homie. Anybody got a job? Raise your hand if you got a job. No, I have a job. All right, very good. When I was, I've had all sorts of jobs. My, my dad, uh, they owned a rock quarry when I was younger, so I worked in a rock quarry when I was little. Uh, I got a job at Pizza Hut. I worked at Pizza Hut. I worked at a place called the Derby Grill. I was a dishwasher at the Derby Grill, and then the head chef quit one night. I was like 14 years old, and the head chef quit, and uh, they were like, we need you in the kitchen. Go cook. I was like 14 trying to figure out how to cook. It's incredible. Uh, and I remember working at Pizza Hut. If anybody in here works at a, a pizza restaurant, I applaud you. Uh, when you leave, you smell like yeast, and it's just, I don't know, man. It gets in your clothes. It gets in your skin. It's just like I have to shower over and over. I'm so grateful I don't work at Pizza Hut anymore. And I want to ask you a question. It's rhetorical, so don't shout out the answer. I want you to think about it. Would you rather have a job where you work to earn a paycheck? And when I worked at Pizza Hut, you know, I was getting like, I mean, if I made 50 bucks a month, you know, I was big time. I was not making a lot of money. Would you rather work a job where you get like $50 a month and that's it, like, you know, when I worked at Pizza Hut, or would you rather work a job where they pay you handsomely for your efforts, efforts, and not only do they pay you handsomely for your efforts, but you get a benefits package, which means you get paid vacation time, you get paid not even just maternity leave for the women, but parental leave, paternity leave. So if you're a mom or a dad, when you have a baby, they pay you, you get time off. So you get health benefits, you get paid time off, you get paid vacation. If you're sick a day, they pay you for that day. And then you get this thing, which you guys may already know about, but if you don't, when you get older, you learn about it. It's called an IRA. It's like a retirement fund where that company pays X amount of dollars into this fund every year. So after you work there for 25 years, you got this giant retirement package and you can retire and you just got this giant money. And then also, so every year around the holidays, they give you a big bonus. Dude, I would love to work for that company. So as you think, whoa, was that me? Well, obviously it was me. I'm the only one talking. I don't know what happened right there. But um, so as you, think about, as you think about it in your mind, and if you were honest, which job would you rather have? If you were honest, every person in here would rather choose the job that has the benefits package, that is all-inclusive, that has all these wonderful things. And as I was thinking about it, that's kind of like when we talk about this list. You look at the top of the list, and it says salvation. And we talked about that last week, and we're going to review a little bit this week. But salvation is kind of like that first job. And this is where Christians, most of them, they live. They get born again, and they got that first job that pays them $50 a month, and then they stop right there. But Jesus is saying, dude, I died to give you salvation, and the definition of that word is sozo, which means it's all-inclusive. It's prosperity, it's mental, it's everything on this list. It's freedom, it's sound mind, it's peace, it's health, it's a prosperity, it's purpose, it's stability, and the list goes on and on. I just put some of my favorites on that list. And Jesus is saying, the way you move from salvation, which is the $50 a month, over to this job that has all these benefits in this package is by engaging in to this relationship, someone say relationship, with Jesus. As we engage in this relationship, and this is where most Christians, they get born again, they get the $50 a month job, and they stop. 
What does that mean? Well, that means they're saved, which they're going to heaven. Praise the Lord. That's the most important. You're not going to hell anymore. You're going to heaven. But then they stop. But there's this whole other side to this salvation thing where we now get to do, think about this, we get to enter into a relationship with the creator of the universe. And when we enter into that relationship, all of a sudden we go from the job that has $50 a month to this giant benefit package. And I feel like God's so frustrated because he has this amazing life. We talked about it last week, Zoe. Someone say Zoe which is what? The God kind and quality of life. And so many Christians don't have the God kind and quality of life because they got born again and then they stopped. But God wants you to get born again and then engage. Everyone say engage. Now, when you talk about engaging, that means we got to do something now. We've got to participate in this relationship. And God's wanting our participation. Let me ask you a question. Again, it's rhetorical, and maybe some of you have, and I applaud it. But what have you done from last Wednesday to this Wednesday when we had church last week and we have church tonight? What have you done to engage in this relationship with God outside of church? What have you done to move your life from the right side of the list to the left side of the list? What have you done? And here's the key. Jesus can't do it for you. He's already done everything. He died on the cross. He's not dying again. He's been resurrected and he lives forever. He put his blood on the mercy seat for you and for me. He's cleansed us. He's made us righteous. He's made us holy. First Thessalonians 5.23, because of this relationship, he has separated us. Everyone say separated us. See, you're supposed to live a separated life. So back to my question, and and this is the thing about a blaze, we challenge you guys. What have you done to engage in this relationship with Jesus this week? What have you done to engage in this relationship with the Holy Ghost? What have you done to engage in this relationship with God? Because when you start engaging, that's when you make the, because most people, they get saved, but then they still have all the stuff on the right side of this list. They're saved and they're going to heaven, but they're still in bondage. They're saved and they're going to heaven, but they still have hurt emotions and they're still sick and they're still afraid. They're saved, but they're still confused and they still have poverty. They're uncertain about their future and they feel like their life is always on quicksand. They just can't get ahead in life. It's always the the bottom is always dropping out from them. And the harder they fight, the harder they sink. And the reason why they're born again and they hear about how wonderful Jesus is and he is wonderful and they got salvation, praise God. But then they never engage. And so they still have all these things from the other kingdom. See, it's not enough to be translated like we looked at at Colossians from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's a great start. But now let's participate in the kingdom. Everyone say participate. Participate. Let's participate in the kingdom. And when we participate in the kingdom, we've started to move from the, the bad ledger to the good ledger. From the bad side of the list to the God side of the list. See, I want all those things on the list that Jesus died for. And there's a bunch of ways to engage in this relationship. The simplest way is stop engaging in sin. 
right? I've been saved. Sin used to be my master, but because I got saved, now Jesus is my master. And so I don't participate in sin. I've been translated from darkness into light. Now I participate in the light. I participate in the God things, love, joy, peace, loving the brethren, uh, you know, uh, whatever it may be. Those are the things I participate in. Here's another way to engage in this relationship. We read our Bibles outside of church. Thank you for the support. I said we read our Bibles outside of church. And maybe you don't know where to read. I'll help you. Ask me. I encourage you, stay in the New Testament. Right now, I'm reading through the Gospels. The Gospels are awesome. Dude, Jesus, you know what I love about Jesus? He is like the perfect mixture of savage and love. Amen. He was kind of, kind of savage. He, 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 I think, you know, people think he was soft. He was kind of hard. He rebuked people. I was reading John 6 last night. I posted on Instagram because it was so cool. When Jesus came down off the mountain, it was right after he fed 5,000. And then he tells the crowd, he said, you're not following me because you love me. You're following me because I fed you. (laughs) Just calling them out. Right? And so it's interesting. What was Jesus saying? Don't come to me just because you want pizza. Come to me because you want to engage in this relationship. Amen. Right? And so, but we've got how to, well, read, I'm reading the the gospels right now. And every time I read three chapters every night, because that's what God's challenged me to do. And John sometimes is hard because those chapters be getting long. Like John was a writer, you know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they were a little short-winded, but John, he's like, I just love Jesus. And so he's writing down everything. But as I'm reading that, what am I doing? I'm engaging in this relationship. And maybe someone's saying, well, I don't understand the Bible. Well, as you read it, the Holy Ghost will enlighten you. And it'll show you some things. Everyone say engage. Engage. All right. And so the whole reason to engage is because God wants us to know him. Amen. Let me ask you another rhetorical question. Do you know him? Really? Do you know him? Do you know his character? Because when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, the foundation for our faith is fellowship. And if we have no fellowship, we have no foundation. Do you know his character? Do you know how much he loves you? 2 Peter 1, verses 2 through 3. It says, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in the knowledge of God. Someone say grow. As you grow in the knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living godly lives. We have received all of this. Now look at this. How did we receive all this? That whole list, how did we receive all of it? We received all of this by coming to know him. Someone say know him. So we receive all this by coming to know him, the one who has called us to himself by means of his marvelous and glorious excellence. Philippians chapter three, verses seven through 10 says, but whatever is gained to me, I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things as loss to compare the surpassing excellence, the surpassing excellence of knowing, someone say knowing, of knowing Christ. So what's the Apostle Paul saying? Everything else in my life, my wealth, my family, my job, my school, everything else is lost compared to knowing Christ. So he's saying the most important thing in my life is to know him. And as I know him, 
all that other stuff is going to get better. My family's going to get better. My school's going to get better. My job's going to get better. My benefits package is going to get an upgrade because I'm knowing the one who provides all that for me. And I really love what Peter said. He has given me divine power to live in this relationship with him. So that means I bless you. I don't have to do it by my own strength. I have divine power. Someone say divine power. So what does that mean? God's going to help you engage in this relationship. Man, that's awesome. So now I don't have to like, wow, how am I going to figure this out? God's like, just come to me and I'll show you. (laughs) It must be rubbing on my throat, I guess. He's just saying, come to me and I'll show you. And so it's so cool, but we've got to move on. So Paul's saying, listen, forget about all this. I just want to seek him. I just want to know him. I've considered, so to know the knowing of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've lost all things, I consider them rubbish. (laughs) Such a British word, rubbish, eh? (laughs) That I may gain Christ and which to be found in him, not having my own righteousness from the law, but that which I found in faith in Jesus Christ, the righteousness from God, the basis of faith. I want to know. Someone say no. No. I want, say it now, everyone. Say no. No. Say no. no. So, this is the deal. Salvation is wonderful. And I'm not taking anything away from that. But what I am saying is that's just the beginning. Amen. It's just the beginning. So many Christians are saved, but they don't move on to get to know. And this is what I want for you guys. I want you to grow in your knowledge of God. Amen. I want you to know him. Why? Because he's trying to lead you. He's trying to upgrade you to this benefits package. But what he's saying is in order for that to happen, you're going to have to. And and think about this. Any relationship you have, you have friends, right? And you have some friends that you're closer to than other friends. And I would be willing to bet, maybe even siblings. You have some siblings that you're closer to than other siblings. And I would be willing to bet that the relationships that are more meaningful to you and the relationships that the individual is closer to you than other people, I would be willing to bet you spend more time with that individual than you do the others. So you can say it this way, you're closer to them because you've taken the time to get to know them. Right? And sometimes in the beginning, getting to know somebody is awkward. I remember when Rachel and I, we went on our honeymoon, and I'll be real honest with you guys, it was awkward because like that was the first time that we were like alone, alone. You know, like we, I had an apartment, Rachel and uh, her best friend, Angie Pavelcheck. At that point, Angie, I don't know what her last name was before Pavelcheck, but her and Rachel lived in an apartment above Pav and I, and we lived in an apartment. And so the four of us, we were always together. And then we went on our honeymoon, and I'm like, yo, I'm alone with this girl. Like, what are we going to talk about? We went to the beach six hours, and I'm just like, I've got nothing to say. I don't know you. And it was really weird. And I tell Rachel this all the time. After like 19 years of being together, I would love to go on another honeymoon because we've spent 19 years getting to know each other, engaging in this relationship. And if we went somewhere now by ourselves, it'd be so meaningful and powerful because I know her so much more. And I know her in a greater way. And because of that, Our relationship is so much better now. But guess what? It took years of investment. And we had to break through the awkwardness. And so I remember when I began to grow with God, it was awkward at first. Like, how do I talk to you? How do you talk to me? 
What is this supposed to look like? But don't let that scare you. Don't let that keep you from engaging. I would encourage you to talk to God like you talk to anybody else. Why don't we convey our emotions and our feelings to the one who said in Luke 4, I am the healer of those broken hearts and those broken feelings? How come we don't engage with him? Take the things, because this is true. There's certain things we all have anxiety about every single day. Take those things to God. Things you're worried about, maybe family, friends, school, whatever it is, and talk to him. And I've got more scriptures for you. We'll pick up here next week. But everyone say this with me. Say, engage. And so I challenge you, from this Wednesday to next Wednesday, find some way to grow in this relationship. Read a scripture. Go go to the Apple, if you have an Android, (laughs) let us pray for you. Let's stop everything and pray. (laughs) You know, but if you have an iPhone, go to the App Store. I think Android has one of those too. Go to the App Store. Download the Bible app. And and I showed you guys this right here. Look, it's right there. I I customized a widget. It's the verse of the day. I read it first thing when I wake up on my phone. I just take my my little beautiful face and I unlock my phone. And it's right there in the center of my phone so I can't miss it. Just put put the app on your phone and read one scripture. One scripture. You can do this. You can do this. I I challenge you, when something positive happens in your life tomorrow and Friday, just say this, thank you, Jesus. When I get a good parking spot at Walmart, I thank God. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for this good parking spot. What am I doing? I'm engaging in this relationship. Amen? Amen. Find one way to engage with him every single day and then come back next week and tell me about it. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. Bow your heads, close your eyes real quick. Father God, I thank you for every single student in this room. I thank you. And maybe they're not as familiar with it as I am, but I thank you for this relationship that's been given to all of us. And I ask you to encourage them to move on from just being saved to move to Sozo, this all-inclusive relationship that we have with the Holy Trinity. Show us what that looks like. Help us engage. Help us be participants of the kingdom. And I thank you as we take steps. Maybe it's little steps. Maybe for some of us it's going to be big steps. But as we take steps, our ultimate goal is to know you better. And that's what I want for him. The God kind and quality of life. Father, I don't want them to be miserable in this life. Let us not wait to go to heaven to experience the goodness of God. Let us taste and see that you are good in the land of the living. I want that for them. I desire it for them. So I thank you as they engage, Father God. They just go on this beautiful journey of getting to know you, their creator, their Lord, and their Savior. Show them what that looks like on a personal level. And I thank you for it. In the wonderful name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen.